1: Tonight, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.
0: Haunted Nights Live. Uh, we are your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. We'd like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. And before we get down to business tonight, we'd also like to tell you a little about our gothic novel, The Ghosts of Ravencrest, book one in the Ravencrest saga.
2: We would. Caught me full in there. Ravencrest <laughs> Manor <Yeah. laughs> Ravencrest Manor casts long black shadows across its grand lawns through the surrounding forests and over the picturesque town of Devil's Wood below. It holds its memories and its ghosts close to its dark heart. When governess Belinda Moreland arrives at Ravencrest to tutor Eric Manning's children, it's the most beautiful place she's ever seen. But she soon learns that not only is it built on secrets, but its inhabitants keep plenty of their own, from the elegant English butler to the power-mad administrator to handsome millionaire Eric Manning himself, who watches her with dark, fathomless eyes. But Belinda soon realizes that the living who dwell in Ravencrest have nothing on the others, the ones who walk the darkened halls by night, the ones who enter her dreams, the ones who are watching and waiting. Ghostly screams echo as bony fingers clutch at her in the indoor pool. The spirit of a long-dead child calls to her. A trio of gibbering nuns haunts her. Their mad-like eyes blazing. Raising Crest is a house of spirits, and Belinda is thrust into a world of waking nightmares where there is no distinction between the living and the dead.
0: And The Ghost of Ravencrest will be on sale in ebook for just 99 cents on Amazon November 14th through the 20th. So if you're into long walks down darkened hallways by candlelight, get your copy of The Ghost of Ravencrest. And also Book 2 in The Ravencrest Saga, which is called The Witches of Ravencrest, is also available. And finally, Exorcism Book 3 is slated for an early 2020 release. All right, again, you're mm-hmm. listening to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, AlistairCross.com, Tamarathorn.com. You can also visit our mutual blog at Thorn or if you tweet, our handles are at CrossAlistair and at Uh You can also visit our, our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Instagram, as at Thorn and Cross, and my personal Instagram is at Official underscore Alistair Cross, I believe. <laughs> For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. Tonight, we are pleased to have Clay McLeod Chapman. Uh, he is the creator of the storytelling session, The Pumpkin Pie Show, and the author of Rest Area, Nothing Untoward, and The Tribe Trilogy. He is the co-author with Nightmare Before Christmas director Henry Selick of the middle grade novel Wendell and Wild. In the world of comics, Chapman's work includes Lazaretto, Iron Fist, Phantom Limb, and Edge of Spider Verse. He also writes for the screen, including The Boy, Henley, Hen, yes, Henley, <laughs> pardon me, and Late Bloomer. You can find him at Clay Uh His new novel is The Remaking, and that's what we're going to talk about, and whatever else you'd like to talk about. How are you, Clay?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm <laughs> petrified that this is live. It makes me feel all the more mushy-mouthed, so I, I, I want to <laughs> put my best friend forward <laughs> but, here.
0: Uh, <laughs> you be fine. <laughs>
1: but you're used to
0: doing
2: things live, aren't you? I mean, yes. you, you have a little it's, show at Halloween for many true. years. It's
1: true. Yes, but you know, there's there's just the the kind of the the onus of live. You throw anything ah. out there, and like all of a sudden, it's I think it's performance anxiety, which is a good thing. A good
2: thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is a good thing. Oh, so, I've say. read the making, and I love it. And could you describe it a little bit, and maybe tell us a little about the opening because this is sure. really a very different
1: sort of book. Yes, it, it defies yeah. uh, easy, quick and easy categorization here. Um, I, you yeah. Know, the logline meanders a bit, but uh, I, I think I can reduce it to the, the remaking is a ghost story that gets told and retold every 20 years, uh, and it evolves as the kind of technology of storytelling evolves. So, you know, you start with that, you know, campfire tale in the 1950s, and then you fast forward 20 more years and you get to the, the, the kind of schlocky drive-in 70s slasher flick version and then fast forward mm-hmm. 20 more years to the sleek and polished scream style remaking of that 70s film and then 20 more years later you go to the kind of serial style podcast um i think that's a a i'm going to stick to that yeah. that's the way to describe the book but uh, it's all about a, a ghost story and, you know, basically just kind of ask yeah. the question, who, who gets to tell these stories and, and what gives them the right to?
0: Yeah,
2: I love <laughs> how you did this with the different, you know, it's really true. I, I love those 70s schlocky movies and the 90s <laughs> schlocky movies, not so schlocky, shiny schlock, <laughs> and all of these. And then right up to podcast. And it centers around a, a, an actress who's a child actress who has a Rather nasty mother. Um, yeah. My <laughs> uh, <laughs> name is. Um, my brain is fried. Uh, Amber. Amber Lynn. Amber. Yeah. Amber. Yeah. Yeah. She and. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say. You know, we we. You know, I, while I was writing it, I was thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis and how she mm, has revisited right. the role of Laurie Strode from Halloween. You know, over the yeah. years and and how. How amazing is it that, you know, not only does she get to revisit the role, but the audience does as well. And what, what that relationship to that, that one character must be like for her. And that was kind of a guiding light when, when writing this this character of Amber and how we, you know, we meet her when she's a child actress. And then, you know, 20 years later, she is now an adult actress. Well, I, she's an actress who is an adult. Um, and then, uh, you know, 50, you know 20 years yeah. later, she's she's now... Kind of uh, hiding from that that kind of unwanted limelight that the role has has offered her.
2: And this is all about a movie. I mean, it's all about an urban legend that's based on truth. And this really is the urban legend you tell. The, it's uh, true. Yeah, the witch girl of pilot's knob is the real one, and you called it Pilot's Creek here. But it's could you tell us the urban legends that's true? Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, it, it, this is the thing. Like this, this really happened and i i kind of changed the name to protect the innocent um but i I, you know if you were to go to pilot knob kentucky you would be able to find a a grave in the pilot knob cemetery that is uh covered in it's what is it it's wrapped in a, a fence made out of interconnecting crosses uh, under six feet of concrete and gravel, there is a steel reinforced coffin of a, of the little witch girl of Pilate's Nod. And she was buried in consecrated ground because the, the, the men folk of this, this particular town, uh, you know, almost, a you know, over a hundred years ago now, uh, believed that, uh, she was a witch and that her mother was a witch and they lived alone kind of off the beaten path and, um, they uh, essentially kind of sold herbal remedies to people who, who were brave enough to, to come knocking, and, you know, it it got a little yeah. bit out of hand. And, you know, uh, essentially these, these townspeople burned these two at the stake for witchcraft, uh, believing that they were witches. And um, her mother was buried in an unmarked grave somewhere out there in the woods, and nobody to this day knows where she's buried. Uh, but they were much more afraid of the little witch girl because they thought that she was more powerful than her mother, and they they ended up burying her in in you know this this church cemetery for for fear that she might rise up from the grave and avenge her mother for what they had done to her.
2: That's such a great story, and,
1: and that's the truth. And you know I, uh-huh. you know the the urban legend version of it, what where it goes from there. Uh, they uh-huh. say that if you were to go to the cemetery at midnight, uh, you could actually see the ghost of the little witch girl wandering about her grave. You know, she never, she never steps over that crucifix fence, um, but she's always wandering along it. And uh, they, they warn you not to take her hand because if you, if you touch her, she'll grab you and drag you under the, into the ground with her. Um, so <laughs> that's what they say. Um, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. <laughs> the,
2: the story is is very spooky. It's I love ghost stories more than anything else, and you really had me going there. I, I
1: you gave good ghost. Um,
2: well, I mean, I love I love campfire
1: <laughs> stories. I love I love you know being that that kind of that experience. Yeah. I mean, this is the the kind of original immersive theater. Like if you're sitting around a campfire listening to someone spin a yarn, you're not only just listening to the ghost story, but you're kind of intensely aware of the experience of, you know, who's behind Mm -hmm. me? What's, what was that sound? Like, I just heard a twig snap, like, oh my God, like it's, you know, it becomes so much more um, that, you know, you, you are just intensely aware of everything. And I just think that's a beautiful, beautiful kind of way to open up a story.
2: It is. And you, you carried that through the book. Really well. It it was uh, looking around. Oh, that was a cat. You know? <laughs> but, well, thank you. Uh, it was very believable, and the modern tone. Well, modern tone. You know, twentieth century movies and all this, and taking it all the way to podcasts. How were you? I know you love movies. Was that what inspired you to do it this way?
1: What inspired well, you? You know, it's funny because the um, the the actual kind of inspiration for this this novel was uh, The Ring. I mean, I remember watching the original Ringu, which I think came out mm-hmm. in 98, if I'm not mistaken. Oh,
0: yeah. And then the, right.
1: the American remake was 2003. And, you know, I just found it rather, I mean, I love both, but it, I just found uh-huh. it interesting that the kind of the, how the story evolved and changed and transitioned from one culture to the next. And I, I I started asking myself the question of like you know with when I think of Japan and its culture uh, and its uh-huh. ghost stories how how much they they kind of like they their understanding of death uh, and spirits are it's kind of embedded into their DNA so this film the original Ringu it felt like it was a cultural artifact so to have it uh-huh. Transition to an American audience, um, which doesn't necessarily view death in the same way or ghosts in the same way. I just thought, like, what if, what if Sadako was real? Like, what if, what if the, the yeah. story of Ringu was a true story? And lo <laughs> and behold, her story gets Americanized and turned into this like Hollywood blockbuster. I just thought, like, my God, like if I was Sadako, I'd be a little miffed. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, they they like <laughs> took my story and they ran away with it, and like it's not, you know, and uh-huh. and that became the kind of template for like this idea of taking a one version of a, a story and it transitioning into something else. And how does the ghost, like, can a ghost transfer uh, the medium of the you know the story that tells it? And and yeah, so that was that's my kind of meandering way of of kind of where it started.
2: Oh, it works. Now, what what made you decide to add a uh, podcast?
1: <laughs> well, it's <was> funny. <laughs> like, I, that was the, you know, the last kind of uh, component to it. And, you know, for a moment there, I was thinking maybe a virtual reality first-person video game. Or maybe, mm-hmm. like, what is what is the kind of most contemporary ah. mold? Like, what? Are, how do we tell our stories today? And what is the most kind of accessible way in which people kind of uh, – Ah. by their their stories and um for for a hot minute it was gonna be a VR virtual reality experience. But my editor and you know we, we kind of had this long conversation mm-hmm. about podcasts and how yeah. you know she is a hardcore true crime fanatic and um, you know, of course mm-hmm. with serial uh you know you know podcasts are like people love true crime podcasts and it felt like a very like an interesting kind of full circle kind of way of telling the story that brought us back all the way to the the kind of point of origin of the the story and thinking of a podcast that you know this podcast is speaking specifically to you know let's 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 kind of strip Mm -hmm. away the onion peel away the onion layers of fiction and get Mm -hmm. back to like the the true event the true crime and uh so yeah it seemed like a, a real good way of of bringing it back
2: it was. I, I'm being really careful now because I've read the entire book and Alistair hasn't, so he should ask questions. So yeah, I don't go and say something. Yeah. No spoilers. No spoilers.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> so no. Give uh, me spoilers.
0: That,
1: that's what I you would. Up. I'd like
0: to. I'd like to know about the Pumpkin Pie Show. So, from what I'm understanding, yeah. this is like a, a live reading uh, type 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 of thing. So, I guess. Um, and I love stuff like this. This is this is great. So, mm-hmm. I guess first, uh, could you could you uh, tell us what the Pumpkin Pie Show really is?
1: yeah it's a i mean at this point it's a grandiose hobby where I try to convince my friends to come watch me you know spin a yarn for an hour and you
0: know, <laughs> you know crowded <laughs> like a dank
1: black box theater you know in um, east village yeah um, but i mean it, it it's essentially a a kind of rigorous storytelling fashion, and uh, you know i I love writing in first person narrative to a fault. And it's, you you know, to the people in the publishing world, these are short stories, but get an actor behind that same story, and it becomes Mm -hmm. Shake and Bake Theater. And um, I've Uh, been very fortunate to have a a kind of stable of actor friends who humor me and will kind (laughs) of donate their time and talents to kind of perform these stories as if they were character ballads, um, you know, monologues. Uh, uh, in that kind of traditional, you know, Edgar Allan Poe style, but but contemporary Poe, like their modern day Poe stories, and um, we just we I I select a, a handful of stories that I've written throughout the course of the year, kind of string them together, and we we just kind of go through go through them as if it was like a band, you know, this was our set list.
0: Right. So, oh,
1: how yeah.
2: cool. Now, Eric, are yeah. your cool, stories? Cool. I know you write for kids too, right? <laughs> do you yeah. give give stories, it or, be allowed, or are they
0: but
2: I do. <laughs> Uh Do you do you so how you, stories, How did you come time? up with the
0: idea to? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What's that?
2: No, that's okay. you. Go ahead.
0: Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I was you just first. curious. What do you? Yeah, we do this all the time. Don't worry about it. We, yeah. <laughs> nah. Uh yeah. I was just curious, like what? How did you decide to start to, uh, to you know, performing these? Because it's. Uh, that sounds like a. I mean I like I like watching things like this but it but, but to to perform in something like this sounds like an absolute nightmare to me. What made you go you know what I ought to do with these short stories is I <laughs> could take them on the road and do it in front of people. <laughs> I mean
1: I I have found for better or for worse I am the the best foot soldier for my written material. Um until like I can reach, you know, John Grisham, Stephen King, Dean Koontz, kind of levels, like I, you know, mm-hmm. or even even lesser than that, like I, you know, I, like I'm one of those people that like if I can tell the story, uh, people get it, um, and then the choice is right. like, oh, I want to take this book home with me now, um, but mm-hmm. it is that that strange feeling of like, I don't know, like I, I, you know, performing to me has always been, I, I love doing it. And I love I love kind of the engagement between audience and performer, uh, and I love it in a very intimate way, not a Broadway-bound way, but in a uh, mm-hmm. you know like I want to see the audience's eyes, like I want to engage with them. Yeah. There's no fourth wall, there's no barrier between oh, performer um, and audience, yeah. and it's not it's not audience participation and it's not a theatrical lap dance as much as it is just a like I am telling you a story and I you know a part of storytelling is having the engagement of the person listening so um yeah i just need i don't need it um i've tried to stop i've tried to quit i just um <laughs> i just I can't do it.
2: it it sounds like a campfire type theater you know a little bitty theater where it's very intimate and you can
1: scare people just as you want to. Yeah, yeah. It's just a. It's a I, I feel like the intimacy makes it more, more personal. Like it's more of like a hand carved box than it is some mass produced, you know, uh, oh, yeah. thing. So yeah.
0: Oh,
1: I love little theater.
0: Yeah, oh, be, have you ever considered just out of curiosity, you have a you have a a pleasant voice too. Have you ever considered <laughs> doing any kind of voice work or even like audio books?
1: Yeah, I I've been told I have a face for radio. But um <laughs> yeah, oh, I yeah. uh I, I uh you know, for me it's you know, I I've, I've done a few podcasts and a few you know, there there is an a remaking audio book and I was able to do the uh the first part, the campfire story part. Um mm-hmm. it is I, I don't know, like it's a it is it's a skill set that I feel like I'm a little too rough shod and ramshackle for. Um yeah. it it, it <laughs> you know, I my ums and my ahs tend to I, I i feel like they have a very specific cadence that either <laughs> you know in small doses can be wonderful but maybe in in more kind of long form it gets grating so after my an hour and a
0: half we'd be like stop yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, I we doubt get it we get it yeah don't know. you, you also do you, work, you also foot. work in you've also written for for film um, that's mm-hmm. that's impressive. That's exciting. What what can you tell us about that?
1: I mean, I love it. I I love
0: I love the writing of it,
1: and I love showing up to opening night. I don't necessarily love the the being on set and watching them set up, but uh, uh-huh. it is it is a very the collaborative experience of writing for a visual medium is 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 phenomenal, where I I realize that like you know there's a certain kind of having the cake and eating it too of you know you have that that kind of private personal experience of writing the the script um but then somebody else has to take it and let it like elevate it trans it has to transcend my my ideas and my vision and it has to become someone else's vision and uh i mean film is a director's medium and uh I I kind of wholeheartedly acknowledge that my I I can only take the the story, but so far before before someone far more talented and and you know uh, a director just, like will will lift it to a higher level. Um, and I've been really fortunate to work with some great collaborators who all can do that and have done that. Right.
2: That's wonderful. Right. I. I li- I I like uh, writing books because nobody tells me what to do but you don't have any trouble <laughs> with that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I I I I think the best case scenario is always that you know, when you collaborate with a filmmaker or you know, with comics, you're collaborating with an illustrator, mm-hmm. you know, like I yeah. I think that the hope is that that the the material or the story is goes further or it just kind of transcends it, yeah. it has to be better than me, and it usually is because I, you know, I have an idea, mm-hmm. I have a story, and I want to tell it, but telling it within these different mediums kind of offers up a, I don't know, something something more, something, uh, it just goes further, and it's yeah. in that furthering that it becomes something greater than the sum of its parts. It's that, that alchemy of yeah. collaboration that, that, you know. It's just beautiful. Right. So, right. are
2: you writing another so, book? Yeah. What's up, What's
1: the Yeah for adult Oh, oh I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm. I'm. You know, I. I'm working on a new book with Quirk, and I'm terrified right now right. because I'm. I'm waiting to hear back from my editor, uh, who, uh, you <laughs> know, is putting up with me. Um, so, Lord only knows. <laughs> This is this is the kind of calm before the storm and I, I you know, I'm I'm nothing but nerves at the moment. So uh, we'll, see. No. <laughs> well, we want
2: you back. That that's why we're asking. We hope you will yeah. come back for the next one. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe even yeah, next definitely. Halloween. Oh yeah. God, if I'm still alive.
1: We'll see what my editor says.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: So, All okay, right.
0: Well, we will be in touch. It's been great having you, and it was great meeting you. Oh, where can and we I'm find you? I'm looking forward yeah. to reading the Remaking. Yes, where can our listeners yeah. find out more about you and your work?
1: Um, well, the Remaking is out there, and it is available wherever lovely books are sold. Go to your local bookstore, mm-hmm. your Barnes and Nobles, your Amazons, or you know, just go independent. Um, but it's out there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm Clay McLeod Chapman and, um, yeah, I would love, love to, to, to keep talking, keep writing. Right.
0: All right. Yeah. Sounds great. great. Yep. And, and definitely, yeah. Be, you know, keep in touch. We'll be in touch too. And, you know, when you have something new out or you want to come back for any reason, just let us know. We'll happily wow. have you back.
1: Amazing. Thank you guys. Appreciate it.
0: Yep. Yep, thank you. All right, and to everyone listening, this is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. Uh, until next week, we wish you haunted nights.
2: And sweet screams.
0: <laughs> you for listening.